Welcome everyone to another Wednesday night Shi'or. Welcome all Tony Tom viewers, JRU listeners. So Bazar Hashem tonight. Like always, we love to we love to state and learn a, a lifelong lesson that when you leave from here, you could apply it to your whole lives of every day. Now, being the fact that it's where a few days for Pesach, I'd like to start off with one of the greatest rabbis that ever lived in the last 500 years. His name was the Radbaz. The Radbaz was in Egypt. He moved to Sfat at the end of his life. And he had a kehilah of a half a million Jews, Ashkenazim, Sfaradim, you name it. He was in charge of the entire congregation, kehilah, amongst the Egyptians. And his name was Radbaz. He used to start his name David ben Zimra, and they put a resh for Rabbi Radbaz. Nice? David ben Zimra, Radbaz. Now he asks the following. You ready? If a person finds a piece of pork in his house, you found a piece of pork in your house, do you have to go ahead and burn it and nullify it and do any of that? Do you have to look around? Do you have to do that? No, no, no. I'm asking a question. On a weekday, you come to your house, the housekeeper came in. The housekeeper was eating a, I don't know, she didn't tell you. She was having a, a, a cheeseburger, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you found, what is this? You found on the kitchen floor, cheese on a burger. This is a cheeseburger, what's going on? You ask your kids, did you bring any puff cheese that you put on the, you know? No, daddy, I don't know what you're talking about. Then you find the McDonald's bag in the garbage. Oh my goodness. This is poor. This is a taref. This is not kosher. Does the Torah require you go ahead and burn it? Go ahead, flush it down the toilet. Go ahead and nullify it. Yes or no? No. So why, when it came to Hametz, we have to go ahead? The minhag is that we burn the Hametz. That's the minhag. That's our minhag. Look, there's three ways of nullifying the hametz, like we learned, Jack, right? One of the ways is crumbling up and throwing it into the, uh, into the wind. One of the ways is throwing it into the ocean. And the third way, which is our minhag, is to go ahead and burn it. And that's what we do. This Friday, we will all be ahead going around. If you want, we're having a bonfire right outside. We have, our, we have a minyan over here. Yes, we have a bonfire right outside with permission. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a big bonfire, huh? Been five by, we're having it. Right so we're going to have a first minyan over here, 7 o'clock minyan. Right after that, we have siyum bechorot. Bechor, we're going to have some wine, some beverages, this, 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 and we go outside, we burn the hamets. But what do we see? We burn it. Why do we burn it? Why don't we just throw it out like we do every other non-kosher item? Clear? That's the first question. Second question. Halakha dictates that I have to look around in places where hamets would be. I have to look around in crevices, in corners, in all different types of places 
where I might find hametz. It's, it's a wild thing. You have to look in every nook and cranny. You know, Ashkenazim, a lot of them, they, what they do is they clean out every sefen. They make sure there's no hametz in every... You know what that is? It's a wild thing. Each one, boom, 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 right? They look at that, they look around, they clean, they clean. They look around, they're, they're scraping it, they're windexing it, they're this, they're that. That's by Hanukkah. <laughs> right, so why, why, why is that, right? Why do we go ahead all out and we're looking for nook and cranny? Clear? Third question Adbaz says, and that is, if you look, if you look, we, there's a halacha that says, I'll give you an example. Basar behalav. You're not allowed to have meat and milk. If, a little, let's say a dot, you have a meat bowl, and a dot of milk fell into the meat pot. Is it still kosher? Yes. So there's something called batel b'shishim. You're good. It works. Right? It works. Good? Good. However, when it comes to hametz, Imagine a guy, he's uh, Passover, he went to, let's say, a catered uh, place, and the guy, whoever it is, something, right, he's there, and he's, uh, let's say, he's mixing the, the soup, and at the same time, he's having a little sandwich, and at the end, a crumb fell, a crumb fell in the soup, and the pot is so big, it could fit 300 people. One crumb fell in the soup. We don't say batel. We don't say it's nullified. When it comes to hametz on Passover, hametz on Passover, even if a dot comes in to a whole mixture, if a dot of hametz comes in a whole mixture, you cannot eat it. But other isurim we are allowed. So why is hametz so strict? Tell me, please, why does it come to Hametz? It's so, so strict. It's a wild thing. Not only that, the rabbis went out ahead and said that, he said that you have to nullify not only physically, but even mentally. What do we say? Any Hametz that I found, or I didn't find, that I know about, that I don't know about, even in my mind, I don't know where it is, but let it be nullified. Physically, I'm burning it. No, you also have to nullify it in your mind. Yes, that's what we're saying. Why? Why, Rabotai? Why, why are we so strict with this hametz? So strict. You know why? <coughs> Radvaz went ahead and he tried figuring out answers through the halakha. What is the, what's the halakha ramifications? What is going on? He comes at the end of the answer and he concludes, to be honest, the only answer, real answer that I can give, he feels in my heart, that Hametz, it says in the Gemara, in Berachot, on Yedzayim, it says over there, that deep down, every Jew wants to do Hashem's will. Every Jewish person, you see the guy with a tattoo, with a cuckoo, with an earring, with a, whatever you want. Deep down, he wants to do what Hashem wants him to do. He wants to. And that's why if you see and you realize, whenever you're getting closer, more and closer to religion, 
when you're really cracking in, getting more cl- closer to Hashem, but a real connection. Sometimes in life, a person just, he, he starts, you know, Hashem, I want to connect. And you start connecting, all of a sudden you feel so good. Where is that coming from? Because your neshama really, 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 really wants to do whatever Hashem wants. And that's why when a person does an Averah, he feels bad after he does the Averah. Why? Because deep down he wants to do what Hashem wants. But what stops us? Yomara says, what stops us? Seor Shebe'isa. Yomara says, it's what? It's the... The... What did he say? So, the yeast in the flour. And what is that Seor? That represents the... The Yetzer Hara. Yeda Rabotai. Hametz is representing the Yetzer Hara. And that's why he says we have to nullify it mentally, physically we burn it. We have to go ahead and we have to say we can't even have an inch within us. There's no bitul berov. Oh, Passover, there's no bitul. We can't nullify it. And furthermore, we go ahead and we have to look at every nook and cranny. What does that mean? In your own lives, you have to calculate, how am I doing? Just like in business, a person goes ahead at the end of the day and he starts counting, did I do well today or no? So too in religion, a person has to know where he stands. So therefore, you have to look and look at cranny. Do I have a bad character trait of being uh, uh, very, very lazy? When I can't, I can't do this and I can't do that. Or do I have a bad character of being very angry very fast? All that you look inside of your heart and you see how you can change. Clear? Clear. Now the question is, I know what you guys are going th- to ask me now. One second. If Hametz represents the Yetzirah during the Passover, if that's the case, how is it that the Halakha, if you look, in the seventh parak of at the end of the seventh parak of Berachot, it speaks about disgracing bread. What do you mean by disgracing bread? You're not allowed to do things that will ruin the bread. You can't show disrespect to bread. It even goes on to so say the Zohar, the Lalas Farim Mishnah quotes it that Hasvish alone a person has to be very very careful from the crumbs of the bread. Because you can't just, uh, oh, you know, throw the... You have to be very, very careful with that because it could cause poverty. So it says. So you have to be very, very careful. So in one aspect, we're saying that, well, Hamet, this, that, we have to burn it. We have to look into ourselves. And we have to delve in ourselves. And we have to perfect ourselves. But in the other sense, it's saying you can't waste any... You got to be careful with the, with, the, with the breadcrumbs and this, that. What's going on? It's a contradiction. This question... Is written in the Zohar. Come, Tfadda, Tfadda. The, the question is written in the Zohar. This question is written in the Zohar. And who asked it? Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He asked this question to his father. Rabbi Elazar asked Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He says, Daddy, I don't understand. During Pesach, you can't uh, burn, you can't, you can't have any hamads, burn it, burn it, burn it, we throw it out, we burn it, we this, we that, it's like we're disgracing it. And during the year, you tell me, you can't disgrace any bread. Even the crumbs, be careful, don't just, uh, you know, uh, 
gather it in, wrap it up, throw it in the gut. I'm saying, you understand what I'm trying to say? So he says, why is that? And he said, let me explain. This is what he said. He said, imagine you have a guy who's sick. And the doctor, the doctor looks around and the doctor says, how are we going to heal this, this guy? And they look, they do the verification and the doctor says, I got it. So what do you got? Take this medicine for a week. Nothing else. Just take this medication for one week. And you will see after one week, you will be much healthier, much stronger, much bigger, much everything. So the patient said, okay. He ate it for seven days. He was eating that same medicine that he gave prescribed. After seven days, what happened? The guy felt like a million bucks. Doctor, I feel so good. He says, now you can eat everything you want. Go for it, go for it. You're healed. You'll be good now. He says, that's the same thing. There's a lot says with matzah. The Gemara says, listen to what I'm telling you now. Gemara in Nedarim brings down. For example, if a person swore, promised that he won't sleep for three days, we tell him, we give him a kot, we tell him, buddy, you can sleep. He says, why? Because a person can't live with three days with no sleep. So he said, the guy is crazy, not case. He didn't mean it. He doesn't want to die. So he said, go eat, go eat. We give you a talk, 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 go eat, go eat, go eat. Now, let's say he came and he said, seven days, he's not going to eat. What do we do? We tell him, what are you doing? What are you doing over here? You're allowed to eat. Why are you allowed to eat? Because nobody could live seven days without food. He says, so what happens? The Torah says for seven days, eat matzah. Cleanse your body from that hametz, from that yetzer hara. And therefore, for seven days straight, eating masah, matzah, matzah, to cleanse out the hametz, 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 which is the yetzer hara. Now, in America, we need more, so we do eight days, you understand? In Israel, they have seven, right? In America, they have an extra holiday, you know? Amrek, they say. Amrek, America, Amrek. <laughs> what do you want? Do you understand what I'm saying? So therefore, what are we doing? We're eating that to cleanse our bodies. The Zohar says when you're eating matzah, it quotes, it's called, it's food of emunah. That's the Zohar says. It's food of emunah. And Chacham Bet, you know that, it's also, it says, it's food of, it's food of, Health. It's like a, a refu'ah. This is Zohar says this. Two things. Matzah of refu'ah and matzah is what? Emunah. This is Zohar. And they bring down from Chacham ben Siyon. They said from Chacham ben Siyon, if someone's sick, give him some matzah. No, 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 no. He would, he would say, you're sick? Take Masah. Let it, let, it, let it cleanse you. Why? Because it's Masah Emunah, Masah Devemnutah. Masah is a, a refuah. It's cleansing our Hametz from throughout the year. And we need that cleansing process for seven, eight days in order to wipe it all down clean. And after that, eat whatever you want. So what happens right after Pesach? They have bread. Right away, you see the pizza stores all, all lined up and this and that. You have a crazy thing. Hi, 
But now, everybody's clear with that, yeah? But now I want to ask you something. Rice. We're allowed to eat rice. Sfaradim. Sfaradim allowed. Ashkenazim, something else. Kitniyot and things like that. There's some Sfaradim Moroccan. Some Moroccans, they don't, eat, uh, they don't eat rice. But in general, they eat rice. Good, good. Now listen to what the Hatam Sofer asks. He asks the following question. He says like this. So I understand something. One second. During Seder, first night, second night of Seder, there are five grains that you're allowed to use for Seder night. What is that? Wheat, barley, spelt, oats, rye. Good? Good. Now, let's say if a person, did you ever go to the pizza store, or any pizza store for that matter, and get gluten-free pizza? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, no. You ever hear of gluten-free pizza? You know what that is even, gluten-free pizza? Basically, unfortunately. All right. So, you know, gluten-free pizza, basically, one of the ways they make it is they take rice flour. Rice flour, and they'll make the dough with rice flour, and you have the sauce and the cheese. You understand? I understand? So, therefore, Hatam Sofer says, I understand. Let's make matzah out of rice flour. For those who eat rice, make flour and make matzah. How come it doesn't fall into the five categories? How come it doesn't fall into wheat, rye, barley, oats, spelt? Everybody hear the question? How come I cannot have matzah first night of seder made out of rice flour? You could make matzah. You could make it. Come out beautiful, right? Why can't you? You know what he answers? He answers because it doesn't rise. You see, bread rises. We, all those five that we said, rises. If you leave it in the oven too long, it'll rise. But by rice flour, it doesn't rise. So I have a follow-up question. It doesn't make sense. If anything, rice flour would be the best to make on Pesach. Why? Because I, I, I don't have a chance. I don't take a chance. Why would I take a chance? If I can make it out of something, I would make it out of a, a material or something like that. That is what? That is uh, not, doesn't rise. Everybody's clear with that? Everybody's clear with that, yeah? Anybody want to try to throw an answer? Huh? The whole thing is to remember that the bread before the bread could rise. So, so therefore, why can I use rice flour? Why can't I do that? Because of so defeating the purpose of them leaving early and he brings, so he, so he brings down Hametz. I'm going to answer you with this. You ready for this? What's greater? Kippur or Purim? What do they say? Purim. Why? Kippur is Kepurim. You have Purim. You have Kepurim. Kippur is like Purim. How could the people even say that Purim is a greater, in a sense, a greater day than Kippur? Anybody want to try? You know what they answer? By Kippur, you are like an angel. You refrain from eating. You, uh, you, 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 you don't eat. You don't uh, shower. You don't do anything. You're like an angel. You're a Mashan angel. Good? By Purim, you're all in the physical. You're eating. You're drinking. You're this. You're that. What's going on over here? How is that greater? If anything, Kippur should be greater. You know what the answer is? Hashem wants to see, with the physical, I want you to rise up the physical. 
Meaning to say, with your Yetzirah, that's exactly how I want to see you serving me. That's what he wants. You know when Moshe Rabbeinu went to go get the Torah, you know what the angel was saying? Don't give it to them. Moshe says, what are you talking about? Um, you, we deserve it. So why do you deserve it? He says, because we have Yetzirah, you don't have Yetzirah, we need the Torah. Barat Yetzirah, Barat Yiloh, Torah Tavlin. We need the Torah, Torah is our medication. You understand? And that's why, you understand, what? What's in the Torah? It says, it says that I created the Yetzirah, but I also created the Torah as the medication for it. For it. So Hashem wants, meaning to say, if we didn't have Yetzirah, everybody knows the famous story, right? Back in the Sanhedrin, they took out the Yetzirah for what? For First of all, for Avodah Zarah, right? There's no fight. You don't, you, don't, you don't want to go down, bow down to a Buddha right now. You know what I'm saying? Buddha, let me rub, rub your belly and then bow down. Ooh. You don't have a Yetzirah, right? Back in the day, they had a Yetzirah. They made a Chedah Egel, right? They made a cow. They made a calf. Well, what, are you, what are you doing over there? You have a Yetzirah to make a calf, to make, a, to make an animal? This is your Yetzirah? We don't have that anymore because the rabbis nullify that. But guess what? They went, they took away the Yetzirah for Arayot. What's Arayot? Arayot was with, with G's, ladies. A man had a, had a passion for, for ladies, right? So they took it out. They, they died it out. What was happening? Nobody was reproducing. The birds are not reproducing. The, 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 the humans are not reproducing. That's not the mood. Okay, big deal. So they didn't know what to do. So they said, we got it. We got it. We, got it. we need the Yetzirah now. And really, deep, deep down, in order for a person to continue, we need the Yetzirah well, for our lives, but Hashem wants us to control the Yetzirah. He wants us to control our Yetzirah, and that's our job through life. And that's why we said in the beginning of Shi'or, well, Hametz represents the Yetzirah. Those five grains, do they rise? Yes or no? Uh, barley, wheat, rye, oats, uh, spelt, they all rise. That Hametz rises, that's the Yetzirah symbolism. We need, we want the Yetzirah, but we want to be able to control it. Rice flour doesn't rise. So therefore, it doesn't have any Yetzirah. If a person doesn't have any Yetzirah, what is he in this world for? What is he here for? If you don't have a Yetzirah, so what are you battling? Who is the biggest enemy that you have? Not your next door neighbor, not your wife. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know who's the worst enemy, the craziest enemy you have? That's the Yetzirah. He is the worst enemy that you could imagine, and he's waiting to get you. Sometimes away for 20 years just to get the guy. Look at Abu Hanan. 80 years! Kohen Gadol, 80th year, he fell. Yetzirah got him. Yetzirah got him. That's what he wants to do. He's waiting in ambush. When can I get this guy? When can I get this guy? When can I get this lady? When can I get this girl? When can I do this? When can I do that? And on a constant basis, he wait. of course he's waiting. And he's a Zaken, he's a Kassil, he's this, he's that, he's everything. We said once, he's a Satan, Yetzirah, Satan, Malach How do you have all three? Is he this, this or that? How is he all three? Gemara says, Yetzirah first, he starts uh, uh, messing around with your brain. Go to the Averah. Go to the Averah. Go to the Averah. All of a sudden, he do the Averah. Then he's Satan. What's Satan mean? Mastin. He goes up to Shamayim and he tells the angels up there, Rabotai, this guy's Sadiq, this guy, Satan. The Satan speaks. Look what the guy did. Look what the guy is. Look in two seconds, the guy, I tell him to do the Averah. Look the, the dip over here. He went and he did the Averah. But don't you tell him, don't you tell me he goes to Shul every day? Don't you tell me, yeah, you guys are show-offs up there. The good angels are telling the bear, yeah, look at this, Sadiq. 
The good angels are like, yeah, we got him. We have a, we have a guy in our team. Then the Yetzirah comes. He gets him down. He tells all the, all the good angels, uh, yeah, good angels. You see the Yetzirah? That's why he's called the Satan. He's Mastin. He tells us, the second you sin, after you sin, what do you think he does? He goes to Shamam. He starts tattling on him. He's a snitch. Mamash. This is what Gemara Baratra says. It's a Rashi over there. After that, what is he? He's a Malach Because at the end, he says, listen, pay up. Now you got a Malach Amavi. You kill him and then ready for the punishments? Oh boy, buddy. Oh boy. What do you mean? You told me to do it. Uh, you don't know me, huh? I told you you're not supposed to listen to me. You're supposed to be in control of me. And I always told you over here, and I'll say it again, because I know you know the story again, but I love it with a passion, the story. The story of Napoleon. I'll tell you real quick, though. You know the story of Napoleon? Famous story. Napoleon, what happened was, he was the, 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 the ruler. And he was conquering, conquering, and conquering, and conquering. And one time when he was conquering, one time he was conquering, he, um, he ended up, he ended up saying to one of his generals, I want you to capture, I want you to capture this town. He said, they told him, Napoleon, this town is maybe 10 miles out of, out of the radius of, of what we're conquering. Listen, I'm Napoleon, I'm the ruler, this is exactly what. But why, Napoleon, why? Because I, I love their cigars. And once we have a monopoly over their cigars, uh, I love their cigars. Oh my goodness, their cigars are amazing. Okay, no problem. What they do? They went ahead, they conquered it. They won so the general came about, and he took the cigar right before all the troops were coming to Napoleon. They took the cigar, they wrapped the cigar up with the tobacco, and right before he gave it to Napoleon, and Napoleon put it in his mouth, and the general is lighting up the match to, for the cigar. Napoleon, before he did that, Napoleon took out the cigar, cracked it. He said, oh, my, my dick, why, why did you do that? He says, the cigar doesn't control Napoleon. Napoleon controls the cigar. And he cracked it. You understand? The Yetzirah doesn't control me. I control it. You understand? You understand? That is very, very important point. And we're born to battle. And guess what? If we didn't have Yetzirah, it wouldn't be any fun. You ever hear of a guy, Warren Buffett? You know, you know Warren Buffett? You know what I'm talking about? He has a few, few dollars? You know? Okay, I see the guys know. Huh? Few bucks. Listen, this one Chihuahua outweighs all his money. You should just know that. Okay, anyway, you're, you're, much, you're a million times wealthier than him. Just for coming here one time. You know, that's the truth, by the way. That's the truth. If you want to know, honestly, that's it. And you hear one word of Torah, you come down to this world, one, one word of Torah, you're worth more than his billions, even if he lives still Mashiach, you're still worth. In any case, they asked him one time, uh, they asked him on a, on a show, they told him, uh, Mr. Buffett, he said, yes. So can I ask you, yeah, one guy in the crowd was asking, did you ever invest in any business that you, that you lost money in? Because it seems like everything you invest, you win, you win, you win. He told them, I, this is words, of course I invested in businesses where I lost. Because if I would never lose, there's no fun. 
That's what he said. If I never lose, there's no fun. What, what, what does that mean? That means to us. You know what that means to us? You know what? I'm going to tell you exactly what it means to us. Sometimes in life, we might lose. Yes. Yetzirah might hit us, it might crack us, it might bend us, it might, might... But that's not the point of life. The point of life is to be a warrior. To win. To win. People give up. How many people that I was with in yeshiva? And after... I'm telling you, I was with in yeshiva. One guy... I'm telling you, white shirt, black pants. I thought the guy was going to be... He became a very religious overnight. He became... And he was doing well. I came back. They called me up. Please go give him hezuk. I said, what do you mean? What is he doing? Keeping Shabbat, not keeping Shabbat. I'm not even sure. He says, what? At the end of the day, at the end of the... Everything's good over there? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're good? Yeah. At the end of the day, we got to win the war. But what? Like we always say, you can't be a loser. Now, what do I mean by that? Let me, let, me, let me be specific what I mean by that. It says, this is my own question. This is my own question. When we tomorrow on Friday, on Thursday night and Friday morning, we say, let this Hamed's be hefker ke'afra da'ara. What does that mean? Let this Hamed's be ownerless like the dust of the earth. I ask you all a question. If I say, <coughs> let this Hamed's be ownerless, don't I automatically know that it's nothing? If it's ownerless, how could I say, let it be like the dust of the ground? Let it be like the dirt. What are you talking about? I just made it ownerless, correct? Everybody hears the question. Why do I have to go on and say, let this Hamed's be, this Hamed's is ownerless? Let it be like the dirt of the ground. It's ownerless. Jack, you had a question? Is it ownerless? Yes or no? So what do I have to say? It's let it be ownerless? Oh, the dirt of the ground. What, 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 what do I need to say that for? Let me be very specific because dirt of the ground, if you put a seed in the dirt of the ground, it grows. Good? Same thing. Even though we say, which was the Hamed Kivyachol is the Yetzirah and is ownerless, let it be nullified, but we still need it to go on in life, to have pleasures and things. Otherwise, we wouldn't be eating. We wouldn't have a tashmish. Wouldn't have... But what? But the question is, what are you going to do with that yetzerara? It can't be just ownerless. You have to use that yetzerara for your benefit. And guess what? There was a great rabbi, he says in Mesech Kedushin. They were kidnapped. A ship was kidnapped of ladies in the ship. Girls. Bakurot. Good so what happens? What happens? The rabbi, the rabbi, he was in charge of the boat that nobody should come and do anything to, to, the, to, the, to the girls, to the young woman. And there used to be a, a ladder. You know, they didn't have steps. The boat was like a second floor and a first floor. The rabbi was on the first floor. And there was steps going all the way to the second floor. They needed about 10 people to move the steps. So they got 10 people, they moved the steps. Now the rabbi's on the first floor, and he's in charge that nobody comes up and nobody moves, nobody does anything. What happens? He had such a yetzer that he, was, he had so much strength 
that what took 10 people to move the ladder, he moved it by himself and he was climbing up the ladder. Imagine! And he was climbing in the middle. He screamed on top of his lungs, there's a fire on the boat! Screamed on top of his lungs. People heard. They came on the ship. They said, what's going on? He's screaming. Whoever's at sea, come out. There's a fire on the boat. They go. They look around. Where's the fire? There's no fire. There's no, there's a fire. Where's the fire? There's a fire of the air. It's Allah. Says, but Rabbi, you're embarrassing us. What are you at? You going to the jeans? What are you doing? You going to the ladies upstairs? What are you? How could you? What are you? Right? You know what he said? Better to be embarrassed in this world than the next world. I don't want to be with a video camera up there. They all show me, look, this is what you did. We saw you what you did in the room right now. Boom, 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 boom. If we didn't want to be embarrassed, then better to be embarrassed in this world than to be embarrassed in the next. But what do you see from here? You have to use your cohort. And he stopped himself. And he'll get crazy reward for stopping himself. But we have to use our cohort of the Yetzirah and channel it towards the good. You know, you know why we have such a strong passion for anything, a desire and this like that? You know why? It's really so we can connect to the Torah to do well with, with keeping the Torah. That's, that's really the reason why. If you take that, even successful business, they take that, they channel it towards that. People have a love for money. People love money, right? Take, a, take, take away some dollars, a few hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars. There was, I just heard a story. Friends growing up, friends growing up, best friends for years, for 30, 40 years. Okay? They made a business transaction. Of, they, they, both, they both have, well, they made a business transaction for a few thousand dollars. This is a true story. few thousand dollars. All of a sudden, I went to one of the occasions. I see one guy sitting over there, one guy sitting over there. I said, I don't know, you guys are best friends. I see you every occasion, you sit together. What's going on? Something must be going on. Rabbi, how do you know? Because I know, I can see. <laughs> you know to be a genius? What happened? He told me the story. What's the story? He, he invested a few thousand, less than 10 grand, a little less than 10 grand, into, into the guy. He says that I invested into what? I lent him the money. The other guy says, no, he gave it to me to start a business with him, and he was going to get a percentage of the business. And what happened? There's no business. The business fell. So this guy says, listen, I don't owe any, I don't owe him any money. Why don't I owe him any money? Because what? Because the business, the business fell. If it would have, he would have got private for his whole life. You know? The other guy saying, well, so no, what do you mean? I gave it to him as a loan. He owes me back the money. And now they're fighting. Now they're fighting. They don't even talk. They don't even speak. Don't talk to me. I don't talk to you. So people love so much money that they'll rather break up a friendship for 30, 40 years over a few dollars. Because people love money. Some people are crazy for money. You see that out there in business world and things like that. But the bottom line is, if you would take that passion that you love for money so much and you put it into the Torah, what happens? You'll be the biggest rabbi in the world. You'll be bigger than the biggest rabbis in the world. Why? Because all you have to do is channel that Yetzirah towards the good. Instead of taking from the... And that's why sometimes you'll see the biggest Baal Tshuvahs. The guy where you see this guy... I remember in the clubs, the guy was wild. He was the biggest promoter in the club. He was the biggest. He used to get a hundred heads. One night we would go every now, hundred heads. You would bring him, bring him, bring him. Hundred guys you would bring to the club. Oh, when we were in the club, Rabbi, forget about it. You should see the guy. Guy's the king. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> All of a sudden, you get this guy religious. This guy. He becomes religious. You see him. 
he's bringing 100 guys to shoot, 20 guys to shoot. What happened all of a sudden? True story, I'm telling you. All of a sudden, the guy's bringing this guy, the guy's bringing that guy, the guy's, I don't know, he's, he's screaming, you know Torah. Well, what happened? He used that same exact powers that he had for the bed, that the Yetzirah was getting him on that, and he used that same Yetzirah, what? For the good. And that's what I want to say. Why do you say bechol levavecha? Say bechol libecha with all your heart. Why do you say to bet levavecha? Why say say bechol libecha? What's levavecha? Shnei yitzlecha levavecha means two yetzers, yetzer ara and yetzer atov. How can you serve Hashem with the yetzer ara? You take that yetzer ara, you take that passion that you're always going for the whatever it is, that passion that you have a desire to get this and to get that. The, for the love of money, and you take that for the love of Torah, boom, and automatically you'll see how successful you'll be. You know what the Gemara Machot says? There's a pasuk in the Torah speaks of Navi'im. Ohev kesef, lo yizba kesef. You love money, you'll never be satiated with money. Who is that talking about? Anybody know? Who? How'd you know the story about Moshe Rabbeinu? You did the Gemara? You just did it today? You did it a long ago? That's exactly what it says. He's right. Imagine a Moshe Rabbeinu, the Pasuk is on. Ohev Kesef. A guy loves money. Lo Yizbak Kesef. He won't be satiated with money. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. What? Come on! Moshe Rabbeinu, the one who loves money, will never be satiated with money. That's Moshe. Isn't that the biggest disgrace? How could it be? You know what the answer is? It's not a disgrace. Because what it's saying is, he loves so much money, but guess what? He channeled that love towards the Torah and he became the greatest of the greats. So therefore the Pasuk says if you would just take your Yetzirah and you will channel it towards the good, you will be the greatest of the greats. Yes, no question about it. No question about it. You understand? But people, they think, no, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. You know, it's a bunch of baloney. You could do whatever you put your mind to. No, I'm not joking. If you believe it, you will do it. You'll make it happen. And Hashem, guess what? Hashem's on your side. He'll make it happen. But what happens? I'll tell you what happens. The Yetzirah starts when you were young. How many times did you have, when you were in school, or maybe it happened to you, your relative, or even, even your friends that you know, they tell you in school, he's in, the, he's in the D class. They label him. You know, you have the honor class, and you have the D class. Because he messed up one time in the IQ test with the, with, is it yellow or is it blue? Okay, the guy's five years old, four years old. He's not sure. Look, it looks purple. And that. Oh, already in the D class. His whole life he's in the D, 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 D. He gets to the D, D. Finally, he gets out of high school. He thinks he's a D, D player. So, oh, he tries to learn Gemara. No, I, I'm not Gemara. Why not? Because I'm the D class. Because <laughs> it's a mental blockage in his brain where he never breaks out. I told you this once before about the elephant. Right, I told you about the elephant. And one time they took an elephant when he was a baby, and they tied the chain to the elephant when he was a baby. They tied it to a, a nail, a huge fat nail. And every time the elephant started moving, he couldn't move. Why? Because it was always tied down to the nail. Always tied down to the nail. Finally, the elephant became so big, he became like, a, like an adult, where his legs automatically buffed up like crazy, cracked the chain open. But guess what? He wasn't walking. Why are you not walking? Because mentally in his mind, he tried moving a hundred times when he was younger and he couldn't get out of the chain. So therefore, when he actually was out of the chain, he was always, he was always paralyzed in his brain that he can't go move because he couldn't move when he was a kid. So when he gets older, he still can't move. 
That's what the Yitzhak does. He plays with our brains. You, Baal Tshuva, what do you think you're going to be? You just got religious at 20. You know these guys are, are in diapers, they're learning, they're this, they're that, that. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. You can be the greatest of the greats. Just try. Put your mind to whatever you want to be successful in, and you will guarantee to be successful. There's no question about it. What do you want? To, no, it's, it's not a myth. It's a fact. It's not a beracha. It's nothing. It's a fact. If you, you know, really. But what? The people don't know how to get there. You know why? Because that's what I'm telling you. Listen carefully. You have to have a goal. You have to have a goal. What do you want to do? Oh, I want to achieve this. In how long? In this amount of time. But you also have to be realistic, okay? Be normal. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what do you want to do? I want to build the skyscraper. When? Tomorrow. Okay, Azabaru. The guy's not case. You know? You be normal with it. You know, be normal. And sometimes you have to advise with rabbis. Your rabbi, go to him, rabbi, this is what I've been doing. I want to improve. I want this. I want that. Go through a goal. What do you want to accomplish? This is what you want to accomplish? Okay, this is what I want to accomplish. When do you want to accomplish it? I want to accomplish it in, in three months. I want to finish Mishnayot. I want to do this in three months. Okay, how are you going to go about doing it? Have a schedule. I'm going to do this every day. Boom, 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 boom. And stick to it, stick to it, stick to it, stick to it. Every day, 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 you will achieve it. You will achieve it. But people, you know why they're not? Because they have no goals. They have no admiration. They have no, where am I getting to? So they, don't have, no, they have no challenge. A relative of mine called me up right before I came to class. Rabbi, you're so right. I said, what are you talking about? So one time you were saying in one of the classes that if you have a goal and you, you plant your seed in your mind that that's going to achieve, that's what you're going to get. I said, so what are you telling me? He says, because look, I woke up Sunday morning and I said, today I'm going to kosher my whole kitchen for Pesach. So I so, said, so, so what do you, so, do you need my help? I don't know where you are. He says, no, Rabbi, it was 2 o'clock and I said, there's no way. I'm still uh, brushing the countertops. I'm still windexing this. So there's no way. But it, my mind, mentally, I had a mind, but no, I said today I'm going to finish it. So I kept on continuing, continuing. It's 9 o'clock and out. And Baruch Hashem, I did the whole entire kitchen, every single thing, spotless, totally clean for Passover. I want to thank you for that. I was like, wow, it's amazing. You know why? Because when you put your goal, you want to achieve it, and you will achieve it, and go, 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 go. And that's exactly what we're saying tonight. What are we saying tonight? We're saying that the Yetzirah is like Hametz, but it's ownerless. But ownerless like what? It's not completely ownerless. It's ownerless ka'afra What's ka'afra Like what? Like the dirt. Meaning to say, the Yetzirah is like dirt. Whatever you plant with it, that's what will grow. If you use the Yetzirah for bed, yes, you'll be the worst kid in the world. If you take that same Yetzirah and channel it towards good, Torah, mitzvot, clean Tashem, you do that, you'll see you'll grow to be the biggest tzaddik you ever imagined. But aspire, admire, think big. You know, people are out, I'm happy, I'm a push it a yid. You know, I remember one time my Rebbe came in, he saw a bumper sticker. The bumper sticker said, I'm just a push it a yid. He made an hour shiur. Today we're not giving shiur. So wait, wait, wait. He says, no, I got, I got very upset today. So I saw on the bump, back of a bumper sticker, I am just a Pasha Yid. That's a contradiction. A Pasha means simple. I'm just a simple Jew. He says, that's a contradiction. A Jew is not simple. And simple is not a Jew. And he went on. And he went on. He says, you don't know what, you don't know the aspirin. You know how great a Jew could be. And what I says, what says, when will my deeds be like Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? And you say to yourself, I could be like Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? If that's what the Kabbalah says, yes. Meaning to say, 
Use your potential as much as you can, and you will achieve great things. That's what it's saying, basically. It says in the Rambam, Moshe, nobody can be like Moshe, but then the Rambam says, anybody can, right? The Torah says, Lo ke Moshe, right? But the Rambam says, anybody can be like Moshe Rabbeinu. What do you mean? It's all contradictions. The Torah says you can't. You know what it means? Everybody has a very high potential, right? If you use your max, Moshe Rabbeinu used all his maximum potential, and that's what he got. If you use max potential, you'll see in that area, you're like, if you use your max potential, just like Moshe Rabbeinu used his max potential. But you got to do it. You got to have a plan for it. You can't be, it's like, I'll give you an example. Imagine right now, you're a contractor. You're an architect, you're a contractor. You need architectural plans what you're building. Correct? Yes or no? <laughs> you need it. What are you doing? What are you building? Yeah, I'm, I'm building, uh, what are you building? What are you, what, what are you doing? I'm building. So you need, you need a structure and you need to have plans. Oh, what are you doing? I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. Every day, every day, every day. Same thing. You are a contractor. What are you constructing? You're constructing your own Gan Eden. And you need to have a floor plan. Where do you want, what do you want your Olam about to look like? And you have to make an architectural picture. Oh, I want to make Karev this month. One guy. I'm going to bring one guy back with Shuba. Or I'm going to come to Shua extra this, this month because it's Nisan, whatever it may be. And then you follow that floor plan little by little, little by little, little. You will eventually get there. You will eventually get there. But if a person doesn't have any floor plans, he's like what? He's like a captain on a boat with no destination. You are a captain of your boat. You have a destination. And that's Tashem after 120. That's the Gan Eden after 120. But you have to have a route. You have to have a plan to get there the best way possible. Some people, what do they do? They go that way, they go that way, they go that way. That's why you have to stop whatever you're doing before Passover. And you have to think, which way am I going? I'm the captain of my own ship. I need to make sure that I get there peacefully. I need to make sure that I don't feel embarrassed at the end of 120 when I look on my deathbed. I got to make sure that I'm not, I, I feel accomplished in my life. And therefore, you have to have a goal. You have to take your etzara, like we said. That's ownerless. No, no, don't make it ownerless. Make sure you make that happen. And with that, Abotai, with that, you'll see much success. Hashem will pour siyadu dishmaya. Shri Matsriya, Bechom Asiyadena.